Today in Inner Man Radio, has your face ever been on fire? Oh yeah. <laughs> Moses' face shone brighter than the sun after coming face to face with God. What secret can we learn from Moses that will help us turn our bad habits into good ones? Choose better aftershave. Today we discover the only spiritual way that God works to change us. It's miraculous, it's powerful, and it's easier than you might think. Welcome to Innerman Radio, where we accomplish more than we thought we could through God's power working in us. So let's drop the excuses, pick up our Bibles, and prepare to win. All right. Last week, we talked about how regulating our actions doesn't help us overcome (laughs) bad habits, but instead, adopting God's view of us can. So you're not in this thing alone. Um, God is going to work to change us. But what's God going to do in the process to help me if I can't use those old methods that I've always been trying? Right. Yeah, as new creatures, we've talked about we have the potential to be like Christ. And that sounds great, but the that change has to happen from the inside and then work its way to the outside. So we've talked about how those rubber bands and things that try and ex- exert external pressure on the inner man really never change the heart. They just kind of impact on the outside, but they don't ever reach any deeper than the skin. What we want is something as a change that's internal, a change that lasts, and a change that's real. And that begins when we start to see ourselves the way that God sees us, much like Gideon. Right. God called him a mighty warrior before he ever had had killed anything. Yeah, yeah. before he'd yeah. ever been any mighty or done any worrying. Yep. And God calls us sons uh, of God in the pattern of Christ. We're the firstborn among many brethren. So he, he sees us that way. Right, which means that we can live like Christ in this world. Just as he's a son, we're a son. And that includes overcoming even the temptation to sin. Right. So in other words, uh, sharing the character of Christ, God sees us that way. He calls us that way. And we need to see ourselves as sharing the character of Christ. Right. And that's the method that allows God to work with us in the same way that, uh, that he did with Moses. Moses. Okay, so how did he do that with Moses? Moses is a special case. God does something with Moses in the Old Testament that gives us a just an incredible illustration of the power that he's not really actually going to release until the New Covenant. But with Moses, we have this tremendous example of, of what God can do. Remember when uh, Moses, Moses goes up on Mount Sinai, all the, all the Israelites are down at the base and and uh, God has brought him out of Egypt, and so Moses goes up the mountain, and he's 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 with God, and all of a sudden Moses is coming down the mountain, and all the people are backing up. Yep, they are they are unnerved because, you know, it, I guess it looks like Moses, except for the fact that his face is on fire. Right. You know, it, it the way the scripture describes it, it says Moses' face was shining like the sun in you know, at high noon. And and they don't know what is coming down the mountain. They just see here's this guy, but he's he looks like he's the sun coming down the mountain. And and they saw that. God produced in Moses a a miraculous change on the mountain. Now 
Moses was involved, and we'll talk about that, but it was God that made the change, and that change was evident to everybody around Moses. You couldn't hide it. In fact, Moses did his best to try and veil it so they would not look intently at the end of what was fading away. But you you can't hide that. You can't yeah. hide a million candle power. Um, it was never night around Moses. Right. And uh, the Precious Moments Bible never gets that part right. <laughs> yeah. But that's the, what it would have looked like. the fading away part, the fading away. They never get – we, we forget that after time, it began to fade. That's and, right. And that's why. <laughs> so what was the mechanism? What was the tool mark that caused his face to shine? And, and that it sounds a little bit strange here. Uh, we're talking about his man's face on fire, and we're talking about it as if that's just awesome. I mean, it is, <laughs> right? but okay. But what's the what's the significance of this face shining? Yeah. First of all, and what's the tool that that, that caused it to happen? Yeah, do, do I want that? I'm yeah, not sure. Exactly. Is that painful? Um, Does that hurt? Yeah. Let's uh, let's go back and let's take a look uh, at Moses. So this is Exodus chapter 33, beginning in about verse 18. Moses is speaking with God, which itself is pretty spectacular, on the top of Mount Sinai, and Moses said. Then I pray thee, show me your glory. And so the Lord responds to Moses. He says, okay, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, show compassion to whom I show compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no man can see my face and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me, and you will stand there on the rock. It will come about while my glory is passing by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will take my hand away and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Hmm. <clears throat> Lord said, Moses, listen, if I, if I showed you everything, you would die. Hmm. No man can see my face and live. live. So I'll give you the next best thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass by in front of you. You stand here by the rock. I will cause my, my glory to pass by in front of you. And then I will... I will hide you, and then I will I will remove my hand so you can see the trailing edge. And uh, Moses, like all of us, said, that sounds great. Yeah. You know, I'll, okay, I'll, take, I'll take that. Good enough. <clears throat> right. So in chapter 34, this is what happened. In verse 5, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with Moses as he called upon the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. Brief note there, God's glory is synonymous with his character. Wait, what? Brief note there, God's glory is synonymous with his character. Mm. Wow. Okay, I don't want to gloss over that. That's an important point. So, when the scriptures talk about us seeing God's glory, it's not this emotional experience. Lord, I'm seeing your glory. What it is, it's us seeing his character qualities, his traits, his characteristics that make him God. And that's going to be an important piece of the puzzle as far as us being transformed and changing is seeing his glory, his character traits on display and recognizing those for what they are. Yes? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But the visible representation of that is blazing light. So he says, uh, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. And Moses made haste to bow low toward the earth and worship. Mm -hmm. After Moses sees that, Moses comes down the mountain 
and all the people are amazed. In verse 29, it says, When Moses was coming down from Mount Sinai, the two tablets of testimony were in his hand as he was coming down the mountain. Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because of his speaking with him. Hmm. So when Aaron and all the sons of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, they were afraid to come near him, understandably. And Moses called to them, hey guys, you know, it's really me. And Aaron and all the rulers in the congregation returned to him and Moses spoke to them. And then he gives them all of the instructions that God had provided him on the mountain. And when he finished, then he put the veil over his face. Something miraculous had taken place in Moses. A transformation that he was not even aware of. And I I find that really interesting. Moses is speaking with God. He sees God's glory. But Moses did not know. He just thought, well, it's really sunny today. You know, he's walking down the mountain. He did not know that his face had been altered. That's an amazing transformation. But everybody else did. Everyone else could see it immediately. Yeah. That transformation in him. So it sounds like there's a parallel between that and Christians, our light shining, the light of Christ, the light of the world. Is there a parallel there, or am I am I connecting dots? Did you read the back of the book? Let's do Second Corinthians chapter three. Because the question then, Mark, really is: How do we have that kind of transformation power? I mean, guys, wouldn't it be cool if people watching our lives said, all of a sudden, you know, there there is something different about Mark? I mean, man, Mark, Jason, Bob, whoever, you you really. You're different, man. There's just something. There's light. There's there's goodness. There's and people noticed it. Isn't that what we're after? That's exactly what we're after. That's exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for a miraculous change. We want God to transform us into His image. And the Second Corinthians three describes that using the using the illustration of Moses. He says in uh, verse. Let's pick it up in about verse 18 here. He says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. Okay, a lot of viewing and mirrors and glory. You can help us dissect that a little bit? Yeah, let's do. Okay. Let's do. Instead of trying to work from the outside in, external pressures or restraints or other con- systems of control. The, the way that the scripture describes that we are to be changed is this way. With unveiled face, we behold the glory of the Lord. Just like Moses looked at the glory of the Lord, we want to look at the glory of the Lord. He says, when we do, we are being transformed into the same image. Moses looked at the glory of God. Moses was transformed. When we look at the glory of God, we are transformed from glory, his glory, Mm -hmm. to glory, the glory that shines in us, just as from the Lord, his glory, to the Spirit, that's the Spirit who dwells in us. So what's happening is, is, uh, you know, like two walkie-talkies that are set on, on the same wavelength, the same frequency, when one sounds off, the other one picks that up naturally. And, uh, and so what we want to do is, is we want to make sure that we're dialed in on the right frequency so that we're getting the right information. We're, we're getting the picture of God's glory. We're seeing that image. And then the change results in us. 
which to some, you know, to uh, to hypothetical Bob, sounds like total fruitcake. That, yeah. That that sounds. So you're going to look at the glory of God, and that's uh, and that's going to that's going to change you. Well. But we can, you know, maybe if we sing the right song or something. Can, you know, I'm just thinking about show me your glory. See, maybe if we have an incantation, we can have him show us his glory. What do you think? Hmm. Well, I think uh, I think God's looking for something a little bit more than that. Hmm. He, he describes the process in Romans chapter 12 in uh, in the first couple of verses here. He says, uh, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living, holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. That sets the bar pretty high. Mm-hmm. Your body's a living, holy <clears throat> sacrifice, acceptable to God. Sacrifices in the Old Testament, you didn't bring to God just any old thing. You brought him the best without blemish. That's what God's looking for when he says, hey, your life should be an acceptable sacrifice to me. It should be without blemish. He says in verse 2, here's how that's going to happen. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is the process that 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is talking about and Exodus illustrates. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or literally demonstrate what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I, know, I'm, I get it that that sounds... Impossible. I know that there are some guys who who hear that and say, you know what, it would be more likely that my face would shine physically than it would be that my character would be transformed into the character of Christ and I would shine spiritually through my words and deeds. Why? I think, number one, I think they don't see it generally in the people around them. I think, number two, we've been conditioned to accept second rate and not to believe that God really can change us. That God's not going to really alter us in, in form and substance, but what God is going to do is he's going to kind of just look over our failures. And, uh, and fellas, that's not true. That's, that's absolutely not true. God can change your inner man. God can change your character. God can change you into more glory than Moses in earlier in, in the chapter of Second Corinthians three, he says in in verse seven, if the ministry of death, now that's the law that Moses brought down, in letters engraved on stones came with glory, so the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face fading as it was, how shall the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? If the ministry of condemnation has glory, that's the old law, mm-hmm. much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. Indeed, what had glory, that's Moses, in this case, has no glory on account of the glory that surpasses it. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory. And everybody just went, huh? 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 Inconceivable! You keep using that right. word. <laughs> I don't think it means what you If I can do that with Moses' <laughs> face, what can I do with your life? <laughs> he says, look, if I can do that with Moses' face... What can I do with your life? He says, if that was the old covenant that was the ministry of condemnation, do you think the ministry of the Spirit working inside us is going to be less glorious than that? No. His point is, if you compared the two, Moses, if you'll pardon the pun, doesn't hold a candle (laughs) to what God can do to the inner man. 
That's a big deal. It, one of the reasons that God saw fit to record this for us is so that we would have the faith to believe that what God can do to Moses in flesh, he can do to us in spirit. In spirit. So how do we then get exposed to God's glory so that we can be transformed into his character? What's what's the specifics, Mark? Well, let's look at James <coughs> chapter 1 real quickly. <clears throat> because the Second Corinthians passage we read uses a specific word to describe how we view God's glory. He says, we see as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. In James chapter 1 and verse 23, he says, If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. Paul kind of uses something similar in Second Corinthians uh, or 1 Corinthians 13. The mirror into which we look is the word of God. He says, Previous yourselves, doers of the word... Not merely hearers who delude themselves. If anyone is a hearer of the word, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. So what we're looking for is when we see in the scriptures, now you open up the scriptures at night, uh, you're still going to run into stuff. You know, because light does not come streaming out from them. Oh, I in, see. In the flashlight right. sense. Unless you're on your phone. Then that, 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 that works. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> but when we see in the scriptures, when we see the character of Christ... That is a spiritual light, a spiritual glory that illumines our inner man. Just like the, the, the light that Moses was exposed to illumined his outer man. When we see the character of God, that he is compassionate, that he is loving kindness to thousands, that he is merciful, that he is just, that all of those things that God said to Moses, when we see those in the scriptures, that causes us internally to begin to glow. Go ahead. And, and, and it happens, you won't realize it. But others around us will. They will. They will. God does some amazing, amazing things. When we're, when we're looking into the mirror of God's word, learning about Christ's character, what we're looking at is really what God can do with us. So when he says we're looking into the mirror of the word, a lot of times I've viewed that in the past as, when I look into the Word, I see Christ, and I see His character, and therefore it mm-hmm. shows me all the ways that I'm deficient. Yeah, because I'm comparing myself to the mirror. That's how I've always, that's how I've always viewed that verse. Yeah. But what what you're saying is is that that that's actually yes we we do that, but that's not really the focus. The focus really is we're actually viewing God's character, and that and because of that, our character is becoming His. You you got it. You got it. I mean, it's the, it's faith at its at its core, the conviction of what is not yet seen, the mm-hmm. assurance of things hoped for. It's seeing our potential, the way God sees our potential. If that's the character of Christ, and Christ dwells in us, that has become our potential. Now, it's important to note that some guys are going to hear that and say, "Well, that sounds really arrogant." Mm-hmm. I mean, how dare you say that God's character is your character? But what God did with Moses, Moses was not arrogant about that. And Moses, Moses didn't even know it had taken place. God accomplished it. So it's not as if we are taking for ourselves the credit for that transformation. Right. That transformation is on such a scale that we'd be, it'd be foolish for us to try and claim that as, 
as if Moses said, hey, guys, look what I did to my face. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Oh, really? <clears throat> the same is true for us. Being changed, we can't say, hey, look what I did to myself. No. Nope. We already tried doing that on ourselves, and we failed through rubber bands, and we failed with duct tape, and we failed with restraints and controls and severe treatment of the body. Look, all that stuff fails. What does work is when we look at God's character. When we give up all of the stupid external stuff and say, Lord, I need you to change me. And I'm willing to look. So two points. Number one, it's God's power that accomplishes the transformation. Secondly, God doesn't use that power unless we are participating. If Moses doesn't look, nothing happens. Right. Okay. But Moses could spend all day with with all of the all of the cosmetics available <clears throat> and he's not going to do to his face what God can do. So Mark, really then, when we're reading the scriptures and we're we're reading about Christ maybe dealing with his apostles and they ask him a bonehead question. A question that <laughs> yeah. maybe, you know, hey, <clears throat> who can I sit on your on your right hand? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or some some question we and we look at him and we go, "Oh man, ah, what a what a lame question." But when we're watching him interact with his followers, when we're watching Jesus interact with the people around him, when we're watching how he deals with the situation then the night that he was betrayed, yeah. when we're watching his character traits, we're watching how he lives life, what, what's being said here is in the process of doing that, it is changing us to where we pick up those character traits in ourselves. Yes. If we're viewing it with the understanding that that is the spirit we're looking at is the spirit that dwells, dwells in us in us not some detached some you know set aside because it's, it's that spirit Christ's spirit is in us though the right. spirit that was doing those things is in us now you got it you got it so when we see Jesus that's what we're looking at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says Jesus is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature when we see in Jesus we see the glory of God and that's the glory that dwells in us. Now what we want to do is we want to start to say is we want to start to make the best use of of that time. How how do we encapsulate or how do we best look at the character of Christ so that, that transformation process is as effective as possible in our lives. I like to break that down into about four or five steps. Baby steps. Baby steps. Oh boy. Baby steps. And uh, maybe on the next segment, we'll talk about what that looks like. All right. Baby steps. Baby steps.